Hey, 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 good morning. I'm Johnny D, this youth guy, the student ministries director here at City Church, and we are glad you could be with us. 2018 makes 30 years that I've worked with junior high, high school, and college-age students here in San Antonio. I'm from the west side. Worked in big churches, little churches, all kinds of churches. Um, now I'm here with our students. I have no pedigree, no LMNOP, just a passion for people and the big J-O-D. Maybe it's your first time here. Welcome. Uh, maybe, you're one of your, maybe you're one of our regulars. Maybe you don't know why you're here. Maybe you're always here. Regardless, we've been praying for you. We've been praying for today. We've been praying that you would allow something life-changing to happen. Now, please look through this morning with a youth filter. I'm not asking you to understand, just kind of take a gander. So I gotta show you something, okay? I can't tell you. I gotta show you something. So everybody, stand up. It's all right, I'm stubborn and I'll wait. Let's all stand up. Now, let's find a partner, find a partner, not two or three, find a partner and face them. You don't have to know them. You don't even have to be near them. Just face a partner. We're not gonna square dance. Face your partner. Now, move a little closer to your partner. Now get real close to your partner. Now, if you had nose hair and they had nose hair, get close enough for that nose hair to kind of, all right, good job, good job, you can sit down. See, I had to show you, I had to show you that because if I just told you that God wants to be intimate with you, I don't wanna know what you'd imagine. But that's what I'm talking about. And some of you are like, I don't like this guy already. It's all right. You don't got to like me. You just got to let me show you some God this morning. So with that, let's pour some fuel on this wood and start shooting sparks at it. Our story takes place in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Old Deal in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. If you brought your Bible, congratulations, good on you. If you brought your little electronic Bible, you can look it up. Our stories in 2 Kings 4, verses 8 through 37, or as they say in Great Britain, 2 Kings chapter 4. So verse eight, one day Elisha, Elisha is God's man. Elisha is the man of God. Elisha is the one who's hearing and he's doing. One day Elisha goes to Shunem and a prominent woman who lived there persuaded him to eat some food. So whenever he passed by, he stopped there to eat. Then she says to her husband, I know that the one who often passes here is a holy man of God, so let's make him a small room upstairs with a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp, so whenever he comes by, he can stay there. Now, that's not a bad setup for him or for them, because what they did was they made it easy for the prophet to be around. They made it easy for the man of God to stop by, and they figured, you know, what's the universal language? Food. He, he ate. Anytime he comes by, he'll eat. He'll be with us. We'll be blessed. 
So verse 11, one day he came there and stopped and went to his, rooms up, his room upstairs to lay down. And he had ordered his attendant Gehazi or Gehazi, but for this morning, we're just going to call him G. So G is his servant. And he says, yo, G, call the Shumanite woman in here. She calls him in. She's standing there. And G says to her, look, you've gone through all this trouble for us. So what can we do for you? Can we speak on behalf of yourself to the king or the commander of the army? And she says something incredible. It's one of the verses in the Bible that would be very easy to skip over. But if you sit there and you look at it, it's a sermon in itself. We won't go there fully this morning. But she says, after they says, what can we do for you? She says, I am living among my own people. And then the story moves on. What she means is something we have lost in our culture. We have lost in the 21st century. We have social media, but we're not social anymore. We've lost it in our culture. We've lost it in our families. We don't hang out with our family anymore. We don't know our neighbors anymore. We don't know our community anymore. Being Mexican and Italian as kids, we got together for everything. We were together for Easter, for Christmas, for New Year's, for 4th of July, for weddings, for funerals. You couldn't tell the difference at our house between a wedding and a funeral. Everybody's eating and having a good time and giggling and slapping and having a good old thing. They, that's what she's talking talking about. She says, I live amongst my own people. My mom's family, as they got older, my mom's brothers and sisters lived like a block, two block. They all made the conscious decision to live in the same zip code so that when they needed something, they would call each other and they would take care of it. That's not just South Texas. Back east, my dad's parents, everybody in the neighborhood knew each other. Everybody not only knew each other, they knew what they did and they knew what they had. So if you had your plumbing break, you called your neighbor the plumber. If you needed carpentry advice, you went over to the carpenter and asked him for advice or borrowed his tools and we've lost that. We've lost that. And, and over 10 years ago, that hit me. And we were living in a neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, I know of my neighbors, but I don't know them. And I went and I knocked on the door. And I was like, hi, I'm Johnny, your next door neighbor. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, we've been living here for a long time, like over 10 years. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, I, I want to come over and borrow a cup of sugar if I need a cup of sugar. And she was all, that's awesome. That is so, I hate running to H-E-B because I knew she cooked and I cooked and she's like, I hear that you have chickens and I can go all the way to H-E-B to get eggs when I know you have chickens. She's like, no, I'm going to come over and I'm going to borrow eggs. And I'm like, we have chickens. I was like, come over. We've lost that. That's what this lady's saying. I don't need you to speak to the king. I don't need you to speak to the commander of the army. I live amongst my people. That's what we are striving for at City Church with these circle groups that you keep hearing about and hearing about. And we keep telling you, get into a circle, to get into a community. So when your car breaks down, you don't have to call the mechanic that you don't know. And he charges you, you know, for the flux capacitor and your car doesn't even have a flux capacitor. <laughs> get to know your neighbors, the people that you sit with, the people that you're around. 
Now I'm going to lead by example and I want to introduce me. Hi, I'm Johnny D. Now I'm going to point to you and you're going to say, hi, Johnny, on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. See, I've met you and you've met me. So if you see me crossing the courtyard and you need prayer, stop and say, Johnny D, stop. I need prayer. I need help. I need direction. Look for me on social media. We'll help. You can do it. I get it. We live over on the south side, right? And all these little abuelitas see me. And for some reason, they're like, mijo, ven pa' acá. Ayúdame con esto. I don't know what it is. But over on the south side, all the little grannies want me to help them load their basket and unload their basket. I don't know if I look like their son or their wayward grandson or what it is. But if they do it, you can do it. We can do it. We don't have to just, yeah, you can clap because that's a good thing. That's a good thing to be in community, to ask each other for help, to live amongst our people. So verse 14, he asks, well, then what can be done for her? And G answers, well, she has no son and her husband is old. And Elisha says, call her. So G calls her in and she stands in the doorway. And Elisha says, at this time next year, you'll have a son in your arms. The Bible says that her answer was, no, no, my Lord, man of God, do not deceive your servant. I don't know what was going on with her. It doesn't say. I don't know what her backstory was. Was she too old? Had she lost babies? Was there something weird going on? Because she doesn't just say no. She says, no, my Lord, no, man of God. Don't deceive me. Don't play with me. Don't do that. Don't go there. What was going on? That's my first point this morning. It's my first point. It's not too late. It is not too late. I don't know how old you are. I don't care how old you are. Maybe you think you're too old, too used up, that your time has come and gone. It doesn't matter your physical age. You could be thinking that at 16, 26, 36, 66. We run into teenagers all the time and they're like, I'm too messed up. I'm too used up. I'm too sad. I'm too depressed. Whatever the situation is, whatever is holding you back, God is here to tell you this morning that it is not too late. That lady was upset. She was moved. She's like, no, don't tell him no this morning because it is not too, excuse me, too late. Verse 17, the woman conceived and gave birth to a son at the same time that following year as Elisha had promised her. The child grew and one day went out to his father and the harvesters. And suddenly he complained to his father, my head, my head. And the father tells the servant, carry him to his mother. So we see that the boy has grown. He's old enough. So there's years gone by where he at least can toddle. He at least can walk out. So time has passed and the baby goes and he's like, dad, my head hurts. And this is free This is free. This is coming from a man to the men in here. Be a man. Don't pawn your kids off on your wife. Okay? Take care of your kids. Don't take them to his mom. Fix it. Be a dad. Be a father. Okay? That was free. That was a bonus for you there. So so the servant picks him up and takes him to the mother. And it says the mother sits down on her little emotion. The child sat on her lap till noon and died. And then she goes up and she lays the boy down 
on the holy man's bed. And it says that mom got up and she left him there and she closed the door behind him and she left. She summons her husband and says, please bring me one of the servants and a donkey so I can hurry and see the man of God and then come back. And the husband says, well, why are you going to him today? It's not a new moon. It's not a Sabbath. He goes into mailman fixer mode. What's the matter? What do you need him for? Why are you going? Where are you going? And she answers something remarkable. She says, everything is all right. The boy dies. The boy dies there in her arms. She puts him on the prophet's bed, then gets ready to go and tells her husband, everything is all right. Is that faith? Is that anger? I don't know. She saddles a donkey and tells her servant, hurry, don't slow down the pace for me unless I tell you. So they set out and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God sees her at a distance, he says, gee, look, there's a Shumanite woman. Run out to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your son all right? And she answers, everything is all right. <laughs> Mama didn't want to talk to Dwight Schrute, the assistant to the regional manager. She wanted to talk to the regional manager. She didn't want to talk to number two. She wanted to talk to numero uno. She didn't want to talk to the servant of the man of God. She wanted to talk to the man of God. And when she comes up to the man of God, it says she clung to his feet. Why would she cling to his feet? I wondered that, and being Johnny D, I put that, test, I put that to the test one day, and I went up to somebody, and I went for their feet. They jumped. I've got, we've, got, we've got six kids, and when the little bitty ones say, hey, they have to go to the bathroom, you know it's right now, right then. And getting through a crowd with a little one who's got to go potty, nobody else cares, especially at like SeaWorld, right? You're like, excuse me, pardon me, they're about to pee on you and nobody's moving. So I put this test. I had a little one and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go Old Testament style. I crouched down. I started touching people on their feet. They were leaping out of the way, just dividing. This woman knew if I can get to the man of God and get his attention, my needs will be met. She came to the man of God, clings to his feet, and the man of God says, leave her alone, because Jesus like, what's going on? Tries to pull her away, and he's like, leave her alone. She's in severe anguish, and the Lord has hidden it from me. Then she says, this is verse 28. I'm going to read it exactly like it is. Verse 28, did I ask my Lord for a son? Didn't I say, don't deceive me? Now, I read that where she says, didn't I, did I ask for a son? Didn't I tell you head shaking, bobbing, snapping? Didn't I say, don't deceive me? She's upset. Now it comes out. The husband, is everything all right? It's all right. Gehiza, is everything okay? It's all right. She get in front of him. Didn't I tell you not to deceive me? So Elisha says to G, tuck the mantle under your belt. Take my staff with you and go. Now, ladies, will you please later on explain to a man it's not easy to run in a dress? And they're wearing robes back then. So he says, take, your, take it and tug it. 
He says, take it and tuck it. You see ladies, when they lift their dress up, they can get a little better foot action. You know, when they're trying to get somewhere quick, that's what Elisha says to G. He says, take your mantle and tuck it in your belt so you can get some action with these feet. He says, take my staff and go. He says, if you meet anyone, don't stop to greet them. If a man greets you, don't answer him. Then go and place my staff on the boy's face. So G tucks it, he books it, he's taken off. The mother says to Elisha, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. She's like, I'm not leaving your side, let's go. G went ahead of them and placed the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or sign of life. So he goes back to Elisha and told him the boy didn't wake up. Side note, as a youth pastor reading this, Fellas, guys, boys, men, you'll understand this. When you have a stick and you find a dead thing, guys, what do you do? You poke it, see? That's universal. Everybody, every sermon's be like, you poke it, girls. You may understand you're not. So G's in there. <laughs> Nothing. He goes back. He says, the boy didn't move. Elisha gets to the house. He discovers the, boy's, the boy body lying dead on his bed. So he went in, closed the door behind the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Point number two, don't look at the situation, look at the Savior. Don't look at your situation. Stop looking at your situation. The lady's baby died in her arms. She didn't look at the situation. She lays the baby down. She goes out, husband, everything all right? It's all right. And she keeps going. Don't look at the situation. G came in, touched the boy with the stick like he was told, goes back and tells Elisha he didn't move. Did Elisha say, oh, he didn't move after you did what I told you to do? All right, never mind, can't do nothing. Let's go home. No, he didn't look at the situation either. It says he shut the door. He's not looking at the circumstances. He's looking to where we all should be looking, up and to the Savior. It says he went in the room and prayed. Verse 34, then he went up and lay on the boy. He put mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand, while he bent down over him. The boy's flesh became warm. Elisha got up went into the house, paced back and forth. Then he went up and did it again. He went in the room, laid on top of the dead boy's body, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, hand to hand. That's intimate. Then he got up, it says. It says he got up and he paced back and forth. Again, not looking at the situation. He went back, it says, and he laid back on top of the dead boy, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, hand to hand, and the boy came back to life because he refused to look at the situation. Third point, if you want to see change, sometimes you have to be willing to do something outside of your comfort zone. 
I wanted to make you uncomfortable, so I had you stand up. I wanted to make you uncomfortable, so I had you get close to somebody. I wanted to make you uncomfortable, so I had you get intimate with somebody. So right now, at this moment, when I say God wants to be intimate with you, that's, you would then know that's what I'm talking about. Elisha got up on that boy, a dead boy. What would you do if the doctor did that? Twice. Sometimes, if you want to see change, you're going to have to do something outside of your comfort zone. That, that is radical determination. That is intimacy. The boy sneezed seven times, opened his eyes. Elisha calls G, says, hey, get the Shumanite woman. He calls her. She comes in. He says, pick up your son. She comes in. She falls at his feet bows to the ground, picks up her son, and she leaves. We're running out of time here in 2018. We've got a handful of hours in this year left. So I'd like to take this Old Testament story and tie it together with some New Testament truth. John 10, 10. John 10, 10. A thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Jesus is telling you, I'm pointing to you. You are here this morning. We've been praying because he wants you to know that you can have life abundantly, life to the fullest. He wants you to know this morning that it's not too late. I love talking with 16-year-olds and 26-year-olds. Recently, of, of, of late, my favorite was a, six, a conversation I had with somebody who was 60-plus years old, and they sat there, and they just said, well, I just thought I was going to be a preacher. I said, then go preach. They said, well, whose permission do I need? I was like, go preach. Go it's not too late. You have breath. Preach with your life. Preach with your words. Preach with your actions. Go. It is not too late. You're not too messed up. It's not that awful. Don't look at your situation. Stop looking at your situation. Situations change. Our Savior doesn't. My grandmother lived into her 90s, and when she was in her 70s, she was looking at the newspaper one day, and it was depressing, and she closed it, and I said, what's the matter? She's all, things are a mess, but that's okay. It'll change. I said, what do you mean? She goes, Johnny, I'm 70-something. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's bad. Sometimes we're at war, and sometimes we're at peace. Sometimes it's left, and sometimes it's right. Little did she know she had another, you know, 20 plus years to go. She says, the situation changes, Johnny. The situation changes. Our God doesn't change. So don't look at your situation as we're talking this morning, as we're about to pray here in a few minutes. Don't look at your situation. Look at our Savior. And finally, this is the Johnny D. Woo, we got to move some furniture around in here. If you want to see change, you're going to have to willing to do something outside of your comfort zone. That's not my opinion. Look at the Bible, 66 books over and over and over again. God likes doing things that makes people uncomfortable. 
He likes showing up in a burning bush. He likes telling them, walk, you know, across the sea. He likes sending frogs and flies. Jesus is like, come here, let me heal you. You can't say God doesn't like making us uncomfortable because when we're irritated, we're more sensitive to change. So as this year is gone, and for some of you, you're like, 2018 is over because it stunk. You're like, let's go, dude. Leapfrog me forward two years or two days. Some of you are ready for 2019. As we're about to pray, let's get ready for 2019. Let's say goodbye to 2018 and say yes to the Lord. Now, we can't leave without giving someone here the opportunity to change their life. If you're in here and you can't say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, Jesus is my boss, then it's simple. It's crazy simple. And I'm sorry if any church anywhere has ever made it not simple. Because Jesus is dying up on the cross and the thief next to him looks at him and with no flowery words, no long prayer says, remember me. And Jesus looks at him and says, when I enter heaven today, you'll be with me. It was that simple. So when we pray here in a minute, you can say it in your head, you can say it in your heart, you can say it under your breath, you can say it out loud, but believe. Jesus says, just believe. The thief didn't even say, I believe that you are the Lord and Savior and the one. He just says, when you get there, which shows that he believed. So as we're about to pray, if in your head and your heart you believe, you're like, he just might be Savior. He is. He just might be Lord. He is. Then when we pray here in just a moment, pray with me. For those of you who are in here and you've already made that decision, you're like, Johnny, I'm already going to heaven. Then how about in 2019, you stop looking at your situation? You can make an observation. It's cold today. It's hot today. I'm broke today. I'm dying today. That's your situation. Don't look at your situation. Look at our Savior. This lady looked past her dead son, past her husband, past the, the, the servant's remarks, and went to the source. As we pray here in a moment, I'm inviting you to come to the source. I'm double dog daring you in 2019 to do something outside of your comfort zone. You can. You are physically able to do something outside of your comfort zone. I know that because if, 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 as you left here this morning, I gave you a bag with millions of dollars in it, don't lie to me and say you wouldn't shop different, talk different, walk different, answer your phone different, post different. You'd be different. You would. So you can, you can change. We just don't want to. We're used to comfortable. We've already covered what God thinks about comfortable. So as we pray here in just a moment, if you're ready for that, did, now I'm being serious. If what you did this year worked for you, great, do it again. But if it didn't, what do you have to lose? So let me pray for you. Let me pray with you. Father, we come before you today. As 2018 is winding down, 
Lord, there are those here this morning who have not made you Lord, who have not made you Savior, and in their hearts, in their minds, let them cry out to you this morning and say, Father, I believe. Thank you, Jesus, that your life here made it that simple, that your grace is free and we can take it just by believing in you. Spirit of the living God, I pray to you this morning that those who are in here, who are, are entertaining the idea that it's not too late, show them that it's not too late. Father, teach us to look to you and not our situation, not our circumstance. Spirit of the living God, this morning we pray, change us, change us. Father, and like the woman in the story who just took up her child and went on her way, as we close this time this morning, as we close this prayer, let us just pick up and go, walking into today, into tomorrow, and into 2019. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you for coming this morning. Got a few announcements. On Saturday, January 26th, our social action team is putting on a love run, a 5K. We'd love for you to be involved with that. You can go to city.church and find out some more information about that. It is the end of the year, so it's still time to give for this year. So we've got offering boxes in the back. You can give electronically. There's even a crazy 21st R2D2 way to text in your giving, which you can do and we'll help you with if you need. Next week, Appropriately, we start a brand new series for a brand new year called Live Your Purpose. If you liked what you heard this morning, this holds hands with it. 2019 can be a new year. We're asking you to join us for a Live Your Purpose series. If you are a junior high or high schooler or you possess a junior high or high schooler, please stop by the youth table, which is out and to the left, all the information about when we meet is there, the mission trip that we're taking to Arizona, to Sri Lanka, camp, all the things that we're doing are out there. If you're between 18 and 25, we just started a new program in addition to some of the other ones we have called The Living Room. So if you're 18 to 25, there's information out at the youth booth about that midweek program. And lastly, and absolutely importantly, when we dismiss, the prayer team will be up here because we want to pray with you if you want prayer. We want to connect with you and bring you to Jesus. Thank you so much. God bless. You're dismissed.